One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with the best bits of this afternoon's show. We were joined, as always, by Danny Kelly. We had a good look back on the Premier League weekend. Uh, you got involved and told us a few stories. Andy was railing against Chelsea. Um, and uh, yeah, he's looking forward to seeing himself with Hugh Woosencroft in the old championship <laughs> roundup <laughs> next season. Marvellous. And uh, a friend of ours and a friend of the show, David English, sadly passed away at the weekend and we paid tribute to him. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. Andy. Yes, good afternoon, Paul. And yeah, the week- weekend was tinged with sadness, and we're going to pay tribute to David later. Mm. Um, but of course, it was a full weekend sport, and he would have been delighted to see England win the yeah. World Cup and brilliantly uh, played they did too. It was a great final. I'm so glad it was on because I didn't think it was going to be. But and no, I think it was great to wake up and realise mm. that the match was going to start. And uh, fantastic the players to wear the black armbands oh, in, yeah. and, in uh, David's honour. And, and Nasser Hussain's lovely tribute, which we may play later as well. Yeah. I um, Yes, I'm starting to get quite... <laughs> I'm not angry about Chelsea. I'm just starting to get really panicky because the thing is, when, when there's a six-week break, the, the thing you want to do is win the last game because yeah. you go into it, the fans thinking, oh, it's been quite a good period, and, or even if it's not been, but you've won, you think, well, at least we've got to win and something to build on like Forest. <clears throat> but Chelsea's form, I mean, at the moment, their, their form is bottom three. There's only Wolves and Southampton who've taken more points in the last, less points in the last six games. Are you, uh, you think you're going down? Well, put it this way, if Chelsea don't beat Bournemouth on Boxing Day, I think Potter's in trouble. It could be a Liz Truss situation. <laughs> I think it could be. <laughs> well, that's the comparison you wouldn't expect. Well, you really? Know, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, I, I, who's the quasi quarting in this equation? It's old Billy. <laughs> yeah. Billy, who looks a bit like yeah. um, Henry VIII on the bench. I've, no, yeah, I've got be. no idea. I've no idea. I mean, I just think, you know, look, there are excuses. You've got, I think there were nine, ten players injured out on Saturday. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and when I, when, since Reese James has got injured, Chelsea have taken two points in six games. And when he went down, I just sent my son a text saying, well, there goes our season. I couldn't have been more right. But that's, you know, that's not good. The other players haven't stepped up. I thought Mount, a real Qatar-bound performance. He might as well have flown out to Doha on Friday night. <laughs> he should have done. I hope he puts a bit more back into it when he gets back because he's been quite poor. Oh, well, okay. And, and so, you know... <clears throat> you're, not, you're not honestly thinking you're going down, Andy. Well, they're eight points... Once you get all those players they're back... They're eight points off the top and eight yeah, points but, off the bottom. But the trouble is, when you get dragged into it, you know, the, 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 I'm just I'm, I'm not saying they will be, but I am concerned. I'm yeah. concerned because I just got a feeling that if they get dragged into it, then they haven't got the bottle to get out of it. They should never ever be in this position. And the other players, you know, the problem is when you've got eight or nine injuries. 
the players that are left have to play too much and they've been playing <laughs> yeah you know and well, exactly. they were up a bad against, time to have injuries but they were up against a team that have only been playing once a week who hmm. are fit and fresh and they were pressed I mean Brentford were brilliant on Saturday but you know Potter should take a look at that I couldn't believe Chelsea never played it long once they hmm. played tried to play out from that it was naive they just kept losing the ball. No, I mean, were they, they naive from the halfway line? They certainly were naive from their own area. <laughs> I just thought, it, you know, there are signs where you just think, oh, I don't know, yeah. this is blown what he's doing. Well, that's Andy, you know. the Chelsea fan there. Thank you, Corley. He he clearly wanted to get that off his chest. Well, it's we'll see what Danny with a, bit, with a bit of distance on it. Uh, Andy's pronouncement that Chelsea could be in trouble and could go down. We can maybe add that to the mm. list. His greatest one ever mm. was, uh, we'll be in the blue square within five years. Well, that was that a might happen. <laughs> And... Um, um, the other week, we, Chief Steve Harmison is in the building today, as you probably heard on breakfast, and we were just chatting off air. Mm. Saw him just now about the uh, cricket at, at the weekend. And uh, Harmy was saying, as soon as, as Ben Stokes got his eye in, he felt very confident we'd mm. win. And Andy, what did you say the other day, Harmy? Well, I said to him when we were on air, I said, I'm not sure I'd pick Ben Stokes. He's in such poor form. He's not a great 2020 <laughs> player. So there you go. It so can much happen. For me. It can happen. You make pronouncements sometimes in the world of sport yeah. and you're made to look a bit yeah, dumb. I'm not saying they're going down. I'm not no, saying No, I know that. you're not. Yeah, no. I know you're not. You're just but saying you, you, have to be, you have to be concerned about such a lack of form. You, know. you have to be wary. Anyway, a different league now. Yeah. So, if you've ever teams. made as bold a pronouncement as that, blue square within blue square within five years and drop Ben Stokes from uh, the T Twenty team, tell us the circumstances and let us know this afternoon. Talksport.com forward slash H and J. Text to eight ten eighty nine or tweet to TSHNJ. One bit of good news on the weekend though was that last the prospect of a double <coughs> nightmare is over. Uh, for me, that was Arsenal winning the league and Tony Adams winning Strictly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if people had had a few quid. <laughs> It's interesting he pulled out uh, an injury, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing a chinny wreck on there? Eh? What do you think he didn't fancy dancing again? He thought he might lose? He, he was going to get absolutely trounced and, you know, what was the point of it? A little tight hammy, you're not having that? No. Calf? He was fine, he was fine. It was good. <laughs> do you know? Because you could see. He was fine. Well, he wasn't limping heavily, but it doesn't mean you can do all. the Paso Doble, does no, it? He couldn't do it in the first place. <laughs> Okay. Well, we've terrible. got him in one of those moods, obviously. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Yes, it is time then to uh, bring you the weekend's mm. Premier League action. Danny Kelly uh, joins us to do just that from his uh, Island Nerve Centre. Good afternoon, Dan. Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, very good to talk to you, lads. Yes, well, we're going to mm. systematically work our way through. Uh, we'll ask the <laughs> listeners who should be in the barrel. There are plenty of people uh, oh. potentially to nominate, but just before... Uh, mm-hmm. Quarter to three, we'll, we'll uh, bring you the winner. So send us in the people that you think deserve to spend a I've little got, period in I've the got barrel. No Cooper for Frank Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, call uh, for the Cooper. Well, possibly for that as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe Cristiano Ronaldo. There could be others. Um, we've mm. seen a few uh, VAR officials, but who should it be? Talksport.com. Text eighteen eighty nine. Tweet TSH and J. Um, when the producer has grown tired of us chatting about one game, you'll hear the music that clears the stage in the Oscars when the when the winners have gone on for too long. So listen out for that. We kick off with Fulham 1, Manchester United 2. They left it late, of course, and it's uh, the boy wonder. Actually, everybody's uh, talking about it. was a very good goal, uh, beautifully made by Christian Eriksen. Beautiful assist. But Fulham had their chances, and again, it was David Ayer who kind of kept them in it at points. I guess, you know, goalkeepers are part of the teams and that, but... um, Mm. With the with um with no disrespect to Cristiano Ronaldo, it, it, does it turn out that what's important for football teams mm. is to have a great player like Ericsson on the firm rather than to update the swimming pool? 
I mean, I get it, you know. There's, we, we all focus on something, and it's, in this case, it turns out to be the swimming pool. Um, mm. But Ericsson has been it's such an upgrade on what they've struggled with in midfield for the past few years. Um, great to see him get on the end of a, mm. a tap-in. And then, as you say, the, they just haven't had anybody to play that pass for a little while, have they? No. Um, so, really close game. You're absolutely right. Fulham could have got anything out of it. Um, and, you know, Ganacho just... It, 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 the timing couldn't have been worse for Cristiano. He would have known this interview was coming out. And there's a view into Manchester United's future yeah. rather than Manchester sure. United's past. I, in my takeaway from this, I have very much enjoyed Ericsson's finish after he missed a chance. The ball rebounded to him back off the wall of the thing and he f- put it home beautifully. Yes. He came at him at speed. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that was a movie started, which tells yeah. you a lot about him as well. He's not just spraying about pretty passes. He he got on his bike and, and got on the end of I, that I one. I don't know how many offers he had, but after the way he played at Brentford, I can't believe clubs like Spurs and Chelsea didn't try and come in for him. Yeah, they must. Does. Maybe they did. Who knows? But yeah, they should have I mean, done because he's brilliant. And, you know, he's, he, he, I would have loved to have seen him back at Spurs. And I know people say, particularly with the Cristiano Ronaldo example in mind, oh, you can never go back. But I can say, you know, Teddy Sheringham, Robbie Keane, Jermaine Defoe, they all went back to Spurs and did brilliant, you know. Um, so that, that's a cliche that sometimes can be popped, you know. Yeah. Mm. Now, also from yesterday, we move on to Brighton. One, Aston Villa, two. It's going well for Unai Emery. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, it's he's got now. He's got a, a bit of time with the players that are still around. To, just three points uh, to behind Chelsea, Chelsea Villa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, look. I mean, look, uh, Andy, I hope you're going to tell us all the teams in the bottom half over the next uh, three quarters from now how far ahead behind <laughs> Chelsea know, they are. I worrying. like that a lot. Worrying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Ramsey um, already. Ramsey has said that he's tweaking things. He said he's kind of slightly adjusted mm. his position. He's just been looking at the team and thinking. He's a you know, proper manager. Yeah, slowly but. Surely starting to t- tweak what, what, what he's working with. I mean, you're, these are words you don't hear my um, mouth very often, but Andy is absolutely right, isn't he? The, the Premier League is an elite league. The best players in the world, with one or half a dozen exceptions, play there. If you don't have a proper manager, you're going to struggle. Unai Emery is an experienced, seasoned, hardened and very good football manager. Um, and uh, with all due respect to one or two of the things that have gone in the Premier League, if you don't, it's not a place for experimenting. You don't get any easy games to experiment with. Um, and I know you, Julian Lopetegui lost his first game. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, come, we'll come on to that. Um, but absolutely, Unai Emery is just going to put the Aston Villa players into a position that gives them the, hopefully the best chance to win the games. They get a couple of breaks. Ings is a natural finisher. And Robert is your, your, your auntie's brother and all the rest of it. Um, <laughs> incidentally, as well. Incidentally, um, the the Brighton sorry Brighton scoring from the first pass out from the back of the game, absolutely brilliant. Playing out from the back, thirty seconds in, bang, you're a goal behind. Yeah. Well, this See, is it. Brighton should have had a penalty. Though. Yeah, we. Should, I mean, we're going to talk. Mark yeah. Halsey's going to join us a little bit later on to talk about other matters, but he, he will touch on this. But again, this is a situation where. The VAR has looked at it, and apparently Dale Johnson, Mr VAR on ESPN, Mm. is saying today it could have come down to the replay angles being used by the VAR, which you you feel at the moment is pretty unforgivable. Mr VAR. (laughs) Dale, Dale, bless him, is a very, very clever man Mm. and a really good journalist, but he finds himself in the position now, because of what he does for a living, of often defending the indefensible. Um, and a bit like a bit like Dermot Gallagher on Sky, you've got to go on there and stare down the barrel of a camera or into a camera on a computer mm. and talk what you know to be wrong nonsense. It's a shame for them. Good people. 
uh, forced through a, through a kind of mangle by this thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, mm. the thing is, they've always got to get out. Even Dale has said in his roundup today, he said, while there's a case to stick with a referee's original decision, a penalty should have been awarded. So they always have that get out. Mm. They always say, does it meet the threshold? Of course it meets the threshold. Mm. He missed the ball and kicked the bloke's leg. Surely that's <laughs> the threshold, isn't it? Really. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, we've got plenty more games to look at. We could have squeezed mm. another one in before the break. Well, we? Yeah, we, we, we are going to, aren't we? We're going to. We've right, got two there. Yeah. Let's, well, let's do that. Yes, early doors. Go on then. Yeah. Manchester City 1, Brentford 2. Mm. Your second team, Andy, or well, your first team. Normally, team be. I'd be absolutely delighted. Not my first team. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> normally, I'd be delighted that Brentford had won, but I'm desperate for City to win the title and not Arsenal, so I was quite gutted. Yeah. With you. Well, there were people at Tottenham, as I got to the game, there were people celebrating Brentford's late winner. I thought, you're not looking at the big picture no, here, no, people. They uh, didn't think you? about it. But I did, but they went long. Maybe that's it's basically. Yeah, you, I've you know. written, they mixed it third long, two thirds short. Are you watching Graham Potter? <laughs> yes. Let's be honest. And they kept uh, Holland and De Bruyne quiet, which it's, it's very interesting to just say that, but in practice, that's quite difficult. Look, I mean, I keep on saying this, but. You know, Manchester City are a fabulous football team. Uh, good, good God! It doesn't you don't it doesn't take a genius to recognise that. The discomfort they ever suffer tends to be when their defenders are turned around mm. and they are playing so high up that it's not difficult to do. Mm. You can you can play your centre forward five yards inside your own half, so he's never going to be offside and belt it long. Now, by, and into the corners, so their defenders are all turned around. Two things happen with that. You may cause a mistake to happen and give yourself a chance against City. And instead of having to play three brilliant passes, where they normally start 40 yards from your goal, they've got to play six or seven of them. Mm. I don't understand, except for the cult of playing out from the back, why the coaches don't at least give themselves a chance territorially against Manchester City. Because it's it's snobby, isn't it? We've got got to play out from the back. It drives me mad. But my uh, neighbour at Brentford, the guy I sit next to, I'd say he's a fine judge of football. He really doesn't. He's been banging on. I know you poo-pooed Rico Henry, but he said to me, Rico Mm -hmm. Henry should be in the England squad. He's a brilliant player. I've watched a lot of him. He did play very well the other day. I, I just... Can't believe he's not an option if Luke Shaw gets injured. But you know, it, with a twenty-six man squad, I would have taken. He needed to have been in a squad beforehand, yeah, wouldn't he? But, you really. Know, um, well, even even that wasn't enough for Ivan Tony. So no, yeah, we yeah. didn't get a game, but he certainly played yeah. well, didn't he? Oh, yes. And was there a, was, was there? A, I mean, a Pep said there wasn't, but was there a whiff of World Cup around the corner about the City performance or not? I want to say I want, I want to say almost congratulations to all the professional footballers mm. in the Premier League. I mean, mm. I watched in most detail the games with Leeds and Spurs. They absolutely both sides went for it, hell for leather physically. Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't buy this thing about the World Cup. The players t- seems to me have really, um, with possible exception of um, Christian Romero, um, timing his comeback. <laughs> he's <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Isn't oh, it? he's. he's <laughs> I, I he's was a, watching Thiago Silva and thinking, yeah, oh, I bet he can't wait to get to Brazil yeah. and play with well, some decent players. That, what, I mean, to, to play with the thirty-nine-year-old Danny Alves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, we, if we're handing out the not Bert Troutman award for the first stage oh, yeah. of the season, uh, step forward, Christian Romero. Come and come and get your gold neck brace on a plinth <laughs> um, because you are fully deserving of it. Uh, so hopefully, he'll concentrate on his team when he gets back from the World Cup. Of course not. He'll mm. come back injured. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Bournemouth 3, Everton 0. Yeah, all got a bit scrappy and a bit unpleasant for the Everton players as they went to applaud their fans for coming. Mm. Shirts being thrown back and all that. But one of the main takeaways yeah. from this is that it probably is Gary O'Neill's last game in charge. I think Marcelo Bielsa could be coming in, Danny. 
But, wow, uh, what a CV booster it's been for him. If he decides not to stay and, and look for a job in management himself, I'd imagine the next Plum Championship job that comes up uh, will be his. Well, totally. Absolutely spot on. I'm also looking forward to the return of Marcelo Bielsa. You know, uh, Sean Custis will accuse me of being a hipster. Can't <laughs> wait till Bournemouth play Leeds and some of the players spontaneously combust because of the speed at which they're all playing. It's going to be fantastic. Um, but my other highly paid mantra that I bring uh, to talk sport at all time is that there are no easy games in the Premier League. Well, I want to take that back now because I think playing against Everton away at home these days might well qualify as an easy game. Goodness, they're, they're porous. Is that the correct word? Mm. I mean, the, the Bournemouth players, you, you, if, you're the, if you're the manager of a team taking on Everton at the moment, you just think, all right, I've got a lad who's out of form here. I'll bring him on with 20 minutes to go. He's bound to score. I've got a youngster here who needs a, a confidence. Which I'll bring him on. He's bound to score. Mm. It's, um, it just looks too easy. And I, I know we shouldn't be cliched about the barrel. And we should think outside of the barrel, so to speak. <laughs> um, but but Frankie, Frankie the, uh, the L must be right on the cusp of the barrel as yeah. we speak, mustn't he? I mean, this yeah. break um, this break for the World Cup, Danny, as well, gives... You don't want directors with time on their hands and no matches to go to, to stew. They've got a whole month of no football to stew on something. And they'll probably and be sitting there with a little ballon of brandy saying... Well, what should we do? I mean, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be all sitting around like the four Yorkshiremen. Uh, we used yeah. to dream of living in a corridor, but you just get that feeling that in the end, you just don't want directors doing that because they start tying themselves up in knots. And they've got a financial the hand, imperative, Everton. Yeah, there's a big piece in the Guardian have, yeah, today about the new stadium, yeah, financing the new stadium. I mean, relegation would be a disaster for anybody, but especially for Everton. I mean, but the the, the opposite though, Andy, is there's no. Uh, there'll be the World Cup, so there'll be no phone-ins uh-huh. where they can sit there with their balloon of brandy, as you point out. Um, is it called a ballon? Of brandy? <laughs> oh, no, is, it, is it a ballon? Is it a balloon? I, or is it ballon a, I think it's a balloon. <laughs> I think it's a, the ballon think, brandy. I, I think that. Alan won it one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think he wins it most years, to be fair. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think it's a uh, balloon of brandy. But anyway, uh, there's no phonings for them to get worked up about. Mm. Incidentally, as well, you're fishing around for bargains in the championship, and of course, most clubs are too proud to do that. Uh, Marcus Taver- Tavernier, yeah. um, already a hit at Bournemouth, and could be as good as his brother's been for the last 10 years up in Scotland, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Bielsa at Bournemouth's first game will be against Chelsea. Oh, wow. Fascinating. And I just think Bielsa's going to come back and the translator will be standing there and uh, it, mm. there will be a question to him and, yeah. and, uh, and he'll suddenly say, just let me stop you there. I've spent the last few months <laughs> and I'm feeling much more confident than... So you can step down, my friend, he and may I'll, I'll take it from here. And he may also, because he's had a few weeks off, it may also have constructed some kind of throne to sit on by the side of the, of the pitch rather than an upturned bucket, you know. That would be a bucket. That's right. I'd, I'd love to know the mm. number of times a goal is scored when a defender is lying down injured and the ref plays on. This was Tarkovsky. Yeah. It happened in the Forest game where I can't remember somebody was, uh, I think the Tyreek Mitchell was down. Yeah. It's so often, it seems to cause mayhem. Yeah, that one he should have called it. We go from we seem to go from daft decisions where you know, like the De Bruyne one, where he buys a penalty last week with mm-hmm. minimal contact, and that's a penalty. And we have players lying around. Where is the threshold, as we say, like the the the, the Meslier, uh, the tackle on him uh, for the Tottenham guy? Oh, uh, we'll come on to yeah, that. Hardly Nat Loftus though, was it? Well, it, I mean, well, I it, it was two players giving him a little dig in the ribs. Wasn't great, they tend they tend not to be given. Uh, mm. I mean, really. Anyway, we'll move on. 
Liverpool 3, yes. Southampton 1, Nathan Jones' first game, what a baptism of fire and all that. And I've uh, written least surprising result this season. Yeah, look, he's got to find his way in. And But the, I thought Nunes was good against Tottenham last week, seeing him in the flesh. You can see him, you know, he was he was that stupid headbutt that, that derailed him for three games mm-hmm. and he's had to play catch-up. But you're starting to see what he's going to bring to Liverpool, I think. Totally. That athleticism, that bit, I mean, never mind his enthusiasm for attacking his man, that running power that he's, he's bringing. I mean, a little bit of Fernando Torres before his injuries, injuries slowed <clears> him down. And I tell you what, if the Uruguayan manager has got any guts, enough guts to leave out Luis Suarez in the upcoming World Cup, Darwin Nunes will be playing in front of a midfield of Fede, Fede Valverde, arguably the most informed player in Europe just now. Um, Rodrigo Bentenker, who we all know what he can do, mm. and Miguel Ugarte of Sporting, who is a fantastic player and will be in the Premier League in the next 18 months. Um, and here's my tip. Try to avoid Uruguay if you can. For yes, Cup, yeah, you know? yeah no, absolutely. He's, yeah, yeah, he's really, Nunes is, I mean, they haven't got many things wrong, Liverpool, you know, recruitment-wise over the last couple of years. And, you know, believe me, I think he, he's going to be an absolute star in this league. Mm. The what, the other thing though, Nathan Jones is not really going to have any excuses. I mean, I think they're one of the lowest sides having players going to the World Cup. Just two players from Southampton are going to the mm. World Cup. He's going to have most of his squad for about five or six weeks to work with till they come back. And it does say quite a bit about their quality, though, doesn't it? Really? Yeah. So I mean, look, that's the double-edged sword. But he, he really won't have any excuses if he wants to put his mark on this team. They're, they're going, there's going to be an expectation from their board sitting around with their brandy that he hits the ground running in January. <laughs> Uh, of course, he also means he has five weeks uninterrupted matches to, to look at that squad in training. Yeah. And he might be thinking, well, please come January, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, we move on then to Wolves. Nil, Arsenal, two. I think there was I an expert. Lopetegui was in charge, was he? Though? He's not. No, he wasn't. No, he doesn't start. He was sorry. just there on the yeah, pitch, yeah, wasn't right. he? He, yes. he doesn't start until, until uh, the, the, we return. But, um, yeah, not a massively... Shock um, result, I would say. Danny, no, sadly, really. that is the. the yeah. I mean, and um, the Liverpool result was predictable. Sadly, this one is also grimly predictable because, and uh, we all say it every week with the sawdust forming in our, on our lips, <laughs> they're they're really good. Yeah, they're, they are. They, are, they, they, are, they are what every team seeks. They are really brilliantly balanced. Mm. They know how to defend. Their midfield players have been set free by the combination of the three of them, and Martinelli has come on. Like you know. This is the issue with young players. You give them a go and you don't know whether they're going to be good, bad or indifferent, but what they do have is room to improve and he's just made that light leap, hasn't he? Like something out of Star Wars. is the one that's so key yeah. for them and he just... Uh, his running stats are amazing. He scores goals. He's a brilliant, brilliant player. And he's also got about six weeks off rest. So I think yeah. Arsenal fans. An interesting delighted. time for Lopetegui to come in. I mean, probably you'd say the best time because you know, they, I mean, they really, literally can't get any worse. They can't go any lower than they are now. Well, first and foremost, we're talking about a man who um, a couple <clears> of years ago lost the Spain job and the Real Madrid job um, after being in about in post for about a week in both. Mm. Um, so at least with no games, he can't lose the, the Wolves job in similar unfortunate <laughs> circumstances. Um, you keep on thinking that Wolves should have enough because of the you know the midfielders they have and the various mm. Portuguese players, but until they solve again, bleeding obvious stating, until they work out how they're going to score some goals, they just they just be they'll be be trouble for him. But he he's again though, as I said, uh, along with Unai Emery, they brought in a proper manager. So you should expect that they will improve and improve Why significantly. Earth did they sell Gibbs White? Best young player. I mean, he's because they got forty million yeah, for him. Yeah, they, 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 they couldn't say no to the money. Idea. 
Mm. Um, Chelsea fans, money means nothing. <laughs> 40 million well, for, for an, an unproven Premier League player. I know he's good. Yeah. We should point out the only thing Arsenal really missing, according to Piers Morgan, big Arsenal fan, of course, who was on breakfast this morning, is uh, to parachute in Cristiano Ronaldo yeah, for, the, for the final part of the season. As a, as a Tottenham do fan. Do it, do yes, it. <laughs> you've got two Spurs fans and a Chelsea fan saying that's a really, really good idea. I think you'll find We're all waiting at the airport with our cars. We'll yeah. take you. Come on. Everything Mick yeah, He's a brilliant broadcaster, Piers, but he knows absolutely nothing about football. <laughs> You might as well just say that. It's the and everything that uh, Mikel Arteta has built, and, and for all the reasons he's built it, yeah. just what you need at the moment is to parachute oh, in one Just Cristiano to see Ronaldo. Gabriel Jesus's face <laughs> yeah. when he arrived at the training ground. Ludicrous. Yeah, and he, he won't be happy with a swimming pool. I don't know what it's like there, I'm not sure. Anyway, Danny Kelly. He goes Kelly's... to Lido in Finchley, can't he? He probably can. He probably can. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Tottenham Hotspur 4, Leeds United 3. An absolutely bonkers uh, roller coaster game of football where Tottenham were again we were behind the eight ball and had to even at home uh, get themselves back into the game bit infuriating but ultimately um, exhilarating as well certainly you only feel like that when you've won I, Danny put, it's a shame Leeds aren't going to the World Cup she <laughs> <laughs> won't see two better games than that in the whole I mean the, the two time. fairly ranked defences are off actually with exception of Ben Davis who I thought was brilliant the other day mm-hmm. considering that he's going to his first and possibly last World Cup he put in an incredible shift didn't shirk a tackle I thought he was brilliant well first of all uh, again with Andy's uh, previous connections to the rag trade and we all know he had a uh, uh, a, a boutique in Carnaby Street called yeah. Mr Pants I believe it was called it was Mr, Mr. Uh, Pants uh, yeah, yeah. it was called Mr Pants true, I'll, let you, I'll let it slide <laughs> well it's been true for the last 15 years Andy yeah. when I've said it Son, Son Hun Ming's cardigan in the crowd first and foremost oh, yeah. what, what, what a treat that was yes um you may have had the, the comedian Miles Jupp on the programme, yeah? Mm. Oh, yes, fan, indeed. Yeah. Sure, yeah. He was in touch with me, Spurs fan. He was in touch with me after the game. Here's something for you. Um, in the last eight games, when, during which time Spurs have maintained a place in the top four and won their Champions League group, they have been in the lead for a grand total in eight games of nine minutes. Wow, that includes, that's incredible. And that includes the seven minutes they were ahead of Leeds. Oh. Um, the, the, the danger with that is you don't, you, you yeah. don't get away. The with margins it. are so fine, Danny, as you've said before. You can't do that against yeah. good sides, as we no. We've but you have to admire their hoots part and keep going yeah. with it. Their Tottenham hoots um, part. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the window because a friend of mine bumped into Conte. <laughs> <laughs> what was I, say? I said right. Tottenham Hutzpah. No, that's very that's it was the best week. ever. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. That's good. I should have listened to it. No, I was going to say, a friend of mine bumped into Conde, and he's not the sort that wouldn't would hold back. And he's a big Spurs fan. And he started chatting to him and everything. And Conde intimated, or not just intimated, told him. He said, "It's all about money. If I don't yeah. get the money, I can't do what the fans want me well, to." We were do. saying, Danny, the other day, you were saying it's about patience and time and money. He was he was basically singing, "I got my mind set on you" by George Harrison. This is <laughs> this is the mantra that we're getting from Conte at the moment um, but like Leeds, go Leeds going forward and they played mm. some really lovely oh. stuff I mean again it was a, a tale of two defences that were not quite on it which is why we got seven goals yeah um, and I, I, again I would rather see my team or Leeds for that matter um, go at it like this and I know Antonio Conte has got a different job from me and my job is to watch and enjoy the football his is to win the matches have a go, and and from the very you know very start of the game, Paul. I think you'll agree they weren't quite as negative or as no. careful as they've been in previous games, um, and you know give yourself a chance to win four three rather than rely on something happening to win one nil. But as I say, my job is very different from his, and I can't argue with the results. 
um, because as I say, if you'd given me fourth place and um, Champions League last 16 at the start of the season. Yeah. Good spirit though in the team, you know, they don't panic when they're behind yeah, but Good positive signs from yeah. the Marsh as well and, and they've got some really exciting footballers. Aronson. Yeah, yeah. Aronson. But their defensive yeah. deficiencies, but can they reconcile that with the way they play? Ben Davis giving Son a slap, uh, obviously thinking about Wales possibly meeting South Korea. Yeah. out the way, it's a nice duck. Um, anyway, Newcastle won. Chelsea nil. I've just got to leave the studio. Yes, Andy, just popping <laughs> well, actually, out. Actually, I'm the relying on you to, to tell us what's going on yeah. there, Andy. I mean, the thing is that I know about this. Graham Potter, he's got that break now, and he's got hmm. some squad members to work with. And we know that what he liked to do at Ostersons was, hmm. you know, he used to do quite unorthodox things. So maybe the Chelsea players that are left should be putting on a production of HMS Pinafore. <laughs> maybe that'll just turn things around. <laughs> the thing is, Chelsea were fourth when Reese James got injured. Six games and two points later. Our chances of top four have yeah. almost vanished. So, you know, it is a problem. The injuries are, you know, look, he's not getting a tune out of the ones that are left and they're flogged because they're all having to play because that is the problem. Do you think you... he's tinkering too much, well, Andy? Is I that think the there's problem? an element of that, but when you, I think he's having to because when you've got a lot of injuries, all the players who are left play far too much. Mm. And that's the problem. And so, you know, they look flogged. They don't look like they've got any energy. And they're playing, yeah. I mean, Newcastle did play midweek, but generally they've played once a week and they haven't played yeah. Champions And it's so. going to be no disgrace, uh, disgrace losing to Newcastle at St James's Park as time mm. goes on, Danny, I think. Oh, no, absolutely. And Andy making the Kuliseski point there about Rhys James. Uh, you could, everyone gets injuries, but when it is the most important Key creative player. cog in your team, mm. and I think that James is the best player at Chelsea when they're playing well... Um, they don't. Have, no one has backup for that. No. Um, no. And so you, you, how you grind through those next matches, um, you know, Spurs have done it pretty successfully. Chelsea less successfully. Um, mm. But that's why the six-week break will help him. I mean, James will be back. Chilwell should be back for Farner. Yep. I mean, they spent eighty million pounds yeah, on the centre halves. Played two games. I told you, Andy, you're not going. You're going to be fine. You're not going down. <laughs> they've got the interesting <laughs> thing is right. they've got twenty-four games to play. Fourteen are at home, which is a yeah, big thing. So yeah, I'm hoping for a good. I always felt it would be a decent second half of the season, mm. but it is a little bit worrying. So a Newcastle is it? Newcastle are excellent. Callum Wilson saying, "Oh, we're only four points off the top." Uh, he why was, not? Uh, I mean, it's very hard to play it down when. You're doing as well as they are, and you know, obviously, they're getting very excited. But they've but got that advantage, that's why I'm hoping Chelsea finished outside of the top eight. There's such a huge advantage, yeah. Of, of, of when you don't play Champions League football, you just are much especially fresher. in this concentrated yeah, period. And, and you just know, if you want to, I mean, the way they press, no Champions League team could press like that now at this stage of the season. No, it makes uh, a big difference. So many of the players are flogged, but looking, looking good for Newcastle. You, you think they're going to maintain it, Danny? Are you saying yeah. top four now? So, you moving from top six to top four, mm. same, same as Arsenal. They have balance in the team, which mm. is, you know, the, the the difficult thing and the mystical thing to achieve. But they defend as well as they attack. Yeah. Um, and of course, they'll they they, they they're, the run they're on now won't keep up. But there's no reason why they won't reinforce again in January in a serious way. Mm. And we have to take them very seriously now for the top four. Obviously, you do. Two yeah. to squeeze in. Um, between them, Tottenham and yeah. United, I think. West Ham fans won't want us to uh, dwell too long on this. West Ham nil. Leicester Ooh, City yeah. two. Well, once we knew James Madison was all right, that was the good news. The bad news for West Ham was a uh, just a nine in fifteen defeats. Again, a little bit of pressure on on the manager there. But maybe they should look at what Brendan Rodgers has done in the turnaround to say that you know, you know, they can do something about this because he is a, a proven good manager, David Moyes. 
I think I think the brandy balloons might be out here again. You know? <laughs> exactly, they could be in the red velvet um, the, jackets. Yeah, the cigars will be rested on the size of those big crystal ashtrays. Yeah, they'll be going. Well, in the case of David Sullivan, this is not an yeah, exaggeration. I'm just wondering, <laughs> you've just basically pictured what's exactly going to happen. I put Moises in trouble, but what's not working? Because they've got most of their players. I can't quite work well, out what's gone. That wrong. is the worrying thing, isn't it? I mean, maybe not getting a tune out of very important players. Play, you know, you, you've got Brazil's Brazil's go to. Player maybe not playing as well. He's a, he's adapting to football in this country. Skamak has maybe not been quite as good as everybody thought. Italy's first choice striker. Um, I, th- I think I think he, you know the, he was bought to replace long term Mikel Antonio. I think it's a, again it's it's important to, uh, to not to underestimate how good he has been for West Ham over to Mikel Antonio. That is for the past two or three years. And teams need a cutting edge, and uh, West Ham. You know, Bowen is not as good as he was last season. Everybody is 5% back off their performance. Um, they're not getting the goals from midfield they used to get from Soufal. It, it, it's just all its all 5% off. But in the Premier League, that's a huge amount to lose. Mm. Um, mm. Um, David Suchek, Boyle, at least, yeah, no. Suchek, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the other one, Suchek. Um, it's not getting those late-headed goals sure. he was getting coming into the penalty area. Um I suppose your argument, if you're holding the, the balloon of brandy in your hand, is that Moyes has been here before. He knows how to do this it's thing. True. He uh, has. With teams, Plenty you know. of times. Brendan Rodgers won't welcome the break there because they're on such a good Yeah, run. and West Ham Absolutely. will, obviously. One player hmm. I, I thought might have an outside chance of making it in the squad, and that is Harvey Barnes, or as I've written here in my poor handwriting, Heavy Barnes, <laughs> who, might, <laughs> who might be a rapper. When he puts a bit of weight on over the next two months up to, up to Christmas. Um, <laughs> Forest one, Palace nil. Another yeah. Wilf penalty miss. I wasn't aware of that no, record. I've, I've he Did he miss this pen because he knew he dived? And perhaps he's a fan of the Corinthian casuals ethos. Maybe it could have been <laughs> deliberately putting it uh, around the post. Yes, um, a, a Lin, yeah, Lingard looking like he's starting to look like his old self. And uh, again, you know, are we seeing the green shoots for Forest? I mean, they. they they almost, and this is no disrespect, they, they, they almost could have don't have to have a manager because if you bring in that many new players, mm. as time goes by, they must naturally get more used to each other. So they are improving. They're getting some return for their £40 million, £40 million yeah. on Gibbs White. He's good, uh, who, who, but he's a good player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's a good I wouldn't player. say he's necessarily worth that money, but yeah. yeah. Well, let's, I mean, let's very quickly squeeze in whose turn it is uh, in the barrel. Yes, plenty of nominations uh, who deserve to be in the barrel this weekend. Frank in Leyland said it's got to be Jared Gillette, the VAR, and Mr. Dean, your tackle on March. Absolutely mm. shocking, he says. Um, Emerson Royal has to be in there, says Ben, the Spurs fan. <laughs> Paul miss, Tierney on VAR duty, allowing <laughs> the Spurs goal for the foul on the, the goalkeeper. The whole Villa team for cheating at time-wasting. <laughs> uh, Emerson Royal's got another one. And, yeah, no, the whole VAR team at the Leeds-Spurs game. Mm. So it seems to be um, a bit of VAR, a bit of Emerson Royal. Uh, uh, and no Everton. But I mean, you could have Cristiano Surprise. Ronaldo in mm. there for his outburst. What are we going with, gents? Um, I think Emerson Royal got enough when he was getting booed off by his yes, own that, fans. Yes, that was a pretty no, I think it's got to be Everton and uh, I think uh, Chelsea as well. 
basically. I don't mean to overrule over the listeners <laughs> again. <laughs> yes. Um, I'd say Frank Lampard as well, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, Frank, I'm not going to I'm not gonna overrule. That's the condition. This is a bit like Strictly Come Dancing. Two of the judges have gone with Frank Lampard, so you've been fantastic. Shirley, what would you have said? Let's, Frank, join us on the floor now for your last dance. Uh, Seven. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you've got a hamstring injury. You yeah. can't. You can't. Oh, a bit of satire there. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, they certainly were in 2007, May 2007, because these are the Clips of the Week pewter. We've not heard them since. No. Um, our producer has been curating these for us. He He's got a new lead. He has. He's got a new lead for his uh, ancient mini-disc player, which is the reason you're hearing these uh, now. He's uh, dusted them off, some old mini-disc we found, and uh, we bring them to you again, <clears> warts and all. Maybe not yeah. as... Uh, it's, they're, look, they're not the classics of yesteryear. Well, don't them. There could be a good, few good ones in <laughs> there. there. Might be. Yeah, that's right. I'm not <laughs> saying they're rubbish. Don't worry about it, because we wouldn't do it otherwise. Anyway... <laughs> Let's hope for the best, day. <laughs> and we start with Mike Parry and Andy Townsend uh, welcoming a caller to the show. Indeed, Michael. Let's, uh, let's go to Motherwell yep. and have a chat with John. I think he might have a one-hit wonder for us. John, right. good morning. Uh, my name's Gemma and I'm Hamilton. Hamilton? All oh, right, OK, sorry, John. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, fine. Go on, John, tell us. <laughs> my name's Jim Andy. I said, oh, sorry, John. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them were at it, weren't they? And staying with the callers, here's Alan Brazil saying farewell to an unlucky competition entrant. Definitely no, would. You're right. But... You're right. Mm. 
I think also one, guys. Steve, uh, well done, mate. Ch- uh, chins up, pal. Uh, <laughs> chins said, chins talk up. about kick a man while you do. <laughs> <laughs> chins up. Not Keep your chins up, mate. <laughs> Four days of Zoom, he didn't know. Back to Mike Parry and Andy Townsend again, having a spot of technical trouble. If you said Selby was going to win the final, you'd say, you'd say no, because he's not the best player, but he, he's, he's produced, well, some of the top snooker of the tournament, so he deserves to be in the final. You're quite right, it is surprising. And, and Graham Dot. No, uh, who's that? Hmm? So, sorry, uh, George. Hello. Talk sport. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Thank goodness it's improved since then. I think Andy was working remotely and his line went down and uh, <laughs> no one thought to turn his fader down. Anyway, these things happen. Yes, what can you do? What's next, uh, Andy? It's Fisherman's Blues with Nigel Botherway now, preparing to speak to a guest. You can call me like Eddie from Middlesbrough has done on 08704 2020. I think we want to talk about fishing aquariums. Good morning, Eddie. How can we help you? How hard can it be fishing in an aquarium? <laughs> it's far too Next easy. week, uh, I'll have my gun out and I'll be shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> no, of course, Nigel wouldn't do that. Catch and release. Wouldn't do that. Uh, this, this is a top guest on breakfast, the Dutch football great Rude Hullet. But I must also uh, say that in the first a match they uh, they played. Milan first half was on top. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's even the greats of world football sneeze now and again, Andy. That's true. You should be feeling better about yeah, yourself. Now. Quite yeah. a sudden sneeze. <laughs> Here's a caller to the phone-in with Ian Danter and Jason Cundy. Let's get the uh, the Derby fans' view. Brian's a Derby fan on his way back from St Mary's. Hi, Brian. Welcome to Talk Sport. Hello, and thank you for ringing me back. No um, worries. Um, Hello, and thank you for ringing me back. That's quite um, all right. You fly like away, to, Brian. It was a, can you hear me all right? Yes, loud and clear. It's very hard to talk on the, in the car. Can you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, of course you can. You carry Hello. on, mate. Cut him off. Yeah. And cut thank him. you for ringing him back. Just uh, right, the end there. right at the end there, cut him off. <laughs> Can you hear me? You're all right, mate. Calm down. Um, okay, uh, returning to Mr. Parry again, uh, talking about the 2007 Champions League final between Liverpool and AC Milan. On the dramatic one, of course, that nobody will ever forget that Liverpool eventually won after being 3-0 down. And the fans of AC Milan want their revenge. Ravenjo, Ravenjo, Ravenjo was echoing through the bar we were in last night. <laughs> so was Ravenjo, Ravenjo, Ravenjo. That's not the Italian word. I don't know what it is, but I know that I isn't the Italian word I think he's, revenge. Just, he's just guessing, isn't he, really? <laughs> and over to Graham Beecroft now. He's making it up. Over to Graham Beecroft now, talking to Hank Potts about the latest business news and going full partridge. Over there in Geneva, you'll have been shouting Yahoo after a few drinks. We know what you're like after a couple of drinks, Hank. But uh, Microsoft have been uh, shouting Yahoo, haven't they? Beautiful link. Oh. <laughs> Beautiful link there, Beaky, yeah. going bit partridge. And staying with business news, uh, here's uh, Andrew McKenna. Meanwhile, TalkSport have been sold by City's Micah Richards this afternoon. I didn't know he bought us. <laughs> he, only had, he hasn't got us now, has he? He only no. had it for a short time. I don't know. Yeah. And here's That'd Alan Brazil. laugh in the boardroom meetings we always loved, yeah. <laughs> here's Alan Brazil on breakfast, getting excited about an upcoming guest. We'll be speaking with a true Tottenham great, Stevie Penniman. He'll be looking back at tonight. How does he do that? It's Steve, per- <laughs> Steve Perriman's time machine. Be great. The skipper takes you back to, uh, yeah, the Renaissance. And finally, it's back to Mr. Parry alongside Andy Townsend talking DIY. 
uh, a dust extraction facility that that hoovers up uh, you know all the dust and the sort of you know hot air that's uh, flying around. You know what yes. I mean? Um, now then, pendulum jigsaw. So that mm. means that, for instance, you want to cut a, a pattern in a bit of wood. Okay, the pendulum yes. jigsaw is the one for you. The circular saw uh, with a laser. So if you happen to be on holiday in Canada and you want to cut down a redwood or something like that, yeah. um, you've got your circular saw. Okay. Um, and what would you do taking a circular saw to Canada with well, you? Imagine <laughs> <laughs> you trying to get it through customs. <laughs> Not- Only Mike Parry could try and bluff his way through. Okay, I was talking to Andy Townsend, okay, and I said I could definitely get a circular saw through Canadian customs. It's there to prove a point. I'm not sure Mike Parry should be talking about hot air. I mean, the thing is, as well, (laughs) he could have just... He was doing a read there, and he could have just said something like, uh, a selection of fine tools, Uh, but he decided to go through every one of them and get wrong what they actually do. And I suppose we should have guessed, Mm. really. The Italian for revenge is vendetta. Of course oh, it is. Oh, yes, of course it is. So there we are. Uh, there's yeah. some clips of the week pewter for you from uh, back in the day, and we'll try and dust a few more off over the uh, next few weeks. I've got We have our occasional series, Footballers That Sound Like um, Accident accident Chasing Lawyers. <laughs> okay, who is it? Yeah, and this week, if you've had a slip, trip or fall, get in touch with the Doncaster player, Harrison Biggins. Oh, good. I fell over at work and I called Harrison <laughs> Biggins. That's excellent. And I got £5,000. <laughs> Big check. Yeah. Harrison So there we Harrison are, occasional Biggins. series there. Maybe we'll get a jingle for it as it gets less occasional. Footballers mm. that sound like ambulance-chasing lawyers. Tom Daly's son, uh, we read this morning, wants him to stop knitting. He's not the only one. We get the idea. You like knitting. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Well, look, if, if, if he's taking pleasure from it, what harm is it doing you, Andy? Well, it's too much. Gareth Southgate's lucky polka dot tie from Euro 2020 uh, mm. was uh, in an auction. Did you see this? I did, actually. In Surrey. Mm. Do you know how many bids it got? Um, it was, None. It was... I'll put you out of your misery. Really? No bids. Wow. No one wanted it. That's a bit of a shock. That's a, that is a massive surprise, isn't it? Mm. I mean, this could be a bit of a Johnny Nash as a story because I've got no more information than that. There may be more to it. Uh, mm. in that but uh, there we are just bring that to you we also asked you earlier on because um, uh, Andy's uh, one of Andy's grandkids his grandson is six but he's been watching old Premier League years uh, things on Sky with his dad and has become slightly obsessed with Alan Shearer mm. and now when he scores a goal does the old uh, Big Al um, <laughs> celebration one arm in the air um, Craig on the same subject he said my son is absolutely obsessed with mm. Pascal Sigon the old Arsenal player we gave him the shirt as a toddler when we went and watched him play for Cartagena in the Ooh. French sorry the Spanish second division wow. so at uh, the end of his career but uh, there we are he's still wearing the shirt when my grandson does well at school he turns around to the teacher and says not me it's the other boys yeah <laughs> that's not me of course um, yes yeah, sport Andy said earlier on he, well actually he said a couple of weeks ago during the Cricket World Cup to Steve Harmison on the show that maybe we should drop Ben Stokes from the one day team <laughs> And uh, one from uh, JT in a similar vein, he said, I, I wish I hadn't said this. As a bit uh, anti-Manchester United fan, I used to tell anyone pre-1993 who'd listen that they'd never win the league in my lifetime. Oh, and uh, Rory would never win a major. Uh, they're two of the things he would tell his mates. That's good, isn't it? And I frequently get reminded of the time, says Chris, I messaged our mm. group chat saying I'd rather Scotland play with 10 men than uh, field Lee Griffiths um, right before he scored two free kicks against England. Really, See, we it? all do it. We all make these pronouncements like Andy and Chris and JT. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. If you've been a regular listener to the show uh, over the years, you'll be familiar with the name of uh, David English. If you're a cricket fan, you uh, certainly will. David was a regular guest 
on the show. Andy and I would turn <clears> out for his charity cricket team, uh, the Bunburys. He was always a very en- uh, entertaining guest when, when he joined us. Always yeah. a great story. I found out yesterday, one of our most popular guests, because I, I put some photos on my Instagram timeline and, and such nice yeah. comments from the listeners. That's right. Well, we, we sadly lost David at the at the weekend. He, he, he passed away and uh, he'd been ill for a couple of weeks, but it was a real shock to us all. We'd seen him over the summer. He was out mm. batting and bowling for the Bunburys against the Saracens in in September and I think it's knocked us all for six and I think the, the greater cricket world that was true of them mm. as well we saw the England players yesterday in the T20 World Cup final win black armbands in his memory done so much for so many of those players he stepped in when the English Schools Cricket Association Festival looked like it was going to finish it's really the first opportunity for boys of 15 to play in mm. tournaments against other top talents from around the country and David stepped in found a sponsor Drove it forward for many years and practically every... advised the boys and made it fun. He made those festivals real fun. And he would regale us with stories of uh, when Joe Root and Ben Stokes first came through the same festival and uh, Ben Stokes, wasn't he putting uh, chilli sauce in Ben in, uh, in Joe Root's co- Coca-Cola I never knew with David stories though, because you always take them with yeah. a little bit of a pinch they, of salt, He would but they were slightly great. turn them up to 11, but at the core of them was the truth, but they were never less than entertaining. And even and Nasu Hussain, this is a, what he said on Sky... Uh, as the players emerged for the game yesterday. It was a lot of love from players of uh, all vintages. England team wearing black armbands to mark a respect to David English, who passed away overnight. Formation of the Bunbury's Cricket, Bunbury's Cricket Festival. A lot of these lads would have come through the Bunbury's. And we all love David English. What a character he was. We will miss you, David. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, lovely there. Thanks to Sky for that as well. He, um, I mean, so he'd been, he'd managed the Bee Gees and Eric Clapton, mm. and uh, so many of his stories were also, he had the infamous story you may have heard over the years of uh, being on a train going across America, writing songs with uh, Barry Gibb and Michael Jackson. <laughs> that was, that one went on for about 20 minutes. <laughs> I think there are two distinct things with David. There's his work with the England cricket team and, and the wonderful results we had from that, including 2005, 2009. And yesterday. and yesterday, yeah. But also, just for us, for me, it was the Bunbury cricket team, the, yeah. the, the Sundays that we, so many years that we'd play every Sunday, and it was just fun. It was so popular. Some weeks we'd have twenty-seven players, yeah, because <laughs> he didn't like to tell anybody. I think the reason was he used to invite a lot of people to play because mm. I think he had the was it the Derbyshire Three or something like that, where only three or four people turned up, and he was always worried that would happen again. Yeah, so they, he sort of he would invite loads of people to play. The other story was a game in sort of West London, wasn't it, in Hounslow, and mm. they were short of players, and uh, Viv Richards was playing in this game mm. for uh, the Bunburys, and they had to, there was a bus garage next door, and uh, David says, <laughs> him and Viv went in to see if they could find any players, <laughs> and you've got, so there was, uh, this was sort of a, a lot of West mm. Indian guys sitting there dropping their cups <laughs> of tea, wondering if anybody is finishing their shift and, and fancied a game of cricket. What was also wonderful about David was his, his his memory, he always knew everybody's name 
very much unlike myself. Yeah. Or their nickname. I was AJ. My wife was always Susie. His own was the loon. We called him Lord Bunbury. But he was just... He, everybody had a nickname, and he always remembered them, And he, even if he hadn't seen them from year to year. So that's a... He just had charm, didn't he? He was such a charming right. guy, you know, and, and, and fun. And he'd say to me, when we were playing cricket, I mean, he knew I was keen to bowl. Mm. So he'd, And he'd keep me waiting. And he'd say to him, get warmed up, AJ, you'll be on in a minute. And I never was. He just drive me mad. I mean, one day I was just, I was like cursing on the boundary. I thought, I've driven like two hours to be and he won't even give me an over. But yeah. in he always did. And then when I did come on, he'd always stand at mid-off, basically in parts, in turn, encouraging me and taking the mickey out. Yeah, that it was always very entertaining <laughs> yeah. when he did that. He had an infamous story of mm. um, when he was on the Ian Botham charity walks and uh, mm. didn't really fancy doing the walking and... Uh, did a little bit with Beefy and then disappeared. And uh, there was a taxi slowly following the walk along. And uh, Ian Botham saw the uh, cigar smoke just appearing. So he went in, loom, and sort of opened the, opened the door and there he was. Um, but um, just to me, the thing was also the, the, the games would always have a lunch and it would always be a lovely lunch. The clubs would put it on and welcome the Bunburys and all the celebrities and famous players. And he'd do a turn, wouldn't he? And of course. And he'd do the after lunch routine. But by the end, it, we, we all knew it so much. We were karaokeing yeah. it. It our favourite jokes. Very similar to <laughs> Ronnie Scott. You knew all the gags that were uh, coming. There was the, um, uh, the, the Barry Gibb lookalike contest when they were yeah. driving across America. Uh, in which Barry the Gibb skipping one came the third. Doctor. The real Barry Gibb came third, which I think he repurposed. And Prince Charles, Woody Allen story. Yeah, a story that ends. We can't say the where the life. fox hat. That's how it ends. That's how it ends. I found myself thinking about him so much on Saturday night, but just bursting into smiles and laughter. Yeah. He was that sort of guy. You that know. was the thing, wasn't it? He always left you happier mm. than when you saw yeah, him. Yeah. In the first he had this thing that when he bowled, he used to swear. Yeah. He used to say. If, take that yeah. <laughs> on the point of delivery he would use an expletive I remember he? he got but he was a decent cricketer he got Sir Viv out for Nort at Fenners I was playing in that game which was incredible yeah. and he played top level cricket he was on the ground staff at Lords he played good standard I mean club cricket and yeah it just it, the Bunburys were such fun I've got in front of me uh, one of his letters everybody who played in in, yeah. in the game would get a handwritten letter in this very distinctive writing and always full of compliments and charm and uh, I, I shall cherish those as well we will let's give you one of his stories this mm. is a one that he would he would often tell and it is a, is a great story and it, it tells the story of how he, be, he became involved uh, and had a small role in the the war movie a bridge too far <laughs> I was cast as Captain Andrews in the Bridge Too Far because of my cricket background. I was there to throw all the grenades in the film. Mm -hmm. And on the first day of shooting, we had Robert Redford and Ryan O'Neill and Anthony Hopkins and Michael Caine, all these big superstars. And we were on a dyke road in Holland. It was the hottest summer in 100 years. The heart was pounding, and I had to lead the charge down this road. And Dickie Attenborough said to me, Davy Darling, Sweetie Poppet, you run down there, lob the grenades, knock out those German kind of units there, those machine gun nests, those and then if you don't get blown up, we'll follow you. <laughs> the whole road, lads, was set up with charges of bombs going on like that. So I, I ran down the road, held all the grenades, and there was carnage all over the place. But as the film progressed, and Laurence Olivier arrived, and Sean Connery, and Gene Hackman, and Dirk Bogart, in between takes, 
I would have these little impromptu cricket games. And Richard Attenborough said, David Donald, keep the morale going, spirit. Bit of cricket, lovely. So there's all this rubble and tiger tanks and God knows what. And there in the middle of it, the chippies would make a little bat and the gaffer tape the ball from the electricians. We'd have these wonderful games of cricket. And I'm going to say, I remember one occasion we had Redford, Ryan O'Neill, Anthony Hopkins, uh, James Kahn, Elliot. They were all there and were all playing cricket there. So it became like, uh, you know, the thing to do when the cameras were taken from one scene to another. The little mm. cricket games ensued. Anyway, as we got to the main shoot, the massive great night shoot, this was going to be the biggest film shoot of, of the entire film, the parachute jumper, the 82nd Airborne, the Americans are going to land, they're going to make their way across the country to link up the British Grenadier Guards, the bridges at Arnhem and Nijmegen, all the film's biggest stars were there, and it was going to be at night. It, anyway, it started raining, and the hoses were going, and God knows what. Anyway, I got my little cricket team together in between takes, and we're playing. Next day, we're in the old... Uh, in the viewing theatre, the rushes, you know, it's, it's a kind of a, you watch the rushes in a makeshift viewing theatre of the previous day's filming. And Joe Levine, the producer, was there and he had this kind of cane with a golden bridge on it and a, a replica of this and that. And he said, OK, 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 right. Okay, how you doing, Dave? Sure, sure, it's good and good, looking good. Roll them, roll them. <laughs> and there it was, this fantastic Panasonic, massive great montage of, of Messerschmitts and Heinkels and Stukas, Tiger Tanks, and suddenly... In the middle of the film, Joe Levine goes, Hey, what's that? What's that? <laughs> and Dickie Attenborough says, You all right, Joe? No, I'm not all right, Joe. What's that? <laughs> and he stopped, and Dickie Attenborough was going from one foot to another with his suede boots like that. And there, amongst all this battle, were eight blokes playing cricket against a tiger tank. It's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. He I, was talking about, I, we saw him in the summer, he was on great mm. form in the summer, and said, I, I might go on tour, boys. I, I think I might do a little tour telling all these stories. It would have been great. I think it would have been good, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want to read this before we go, though. Yeah, because, this is what he used to, whenever a, player, yeah. a new player played for the Bunburys, he would give them their cap, wouldn't he? And, yeah. he, and he had this little little uh, phrase he would always yeah. use. Everyone who ever played for the Bunburys, including all the England play, players, got the Bunbury oath, and this is it, I'm grateful for Roger Dacre for sending it to me. A Bunbury stands for freedom, for fun, stands for ever being young. So do a good turn unto others. Never turn away from your quest, for you are a Bunbury, and a Bunbury does his best. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are, that was this afternoon's show. I'll be here with Perry Groves tomorrow. Charlie, not able to make it. Uh, Andy will be back on Wednesday. I do hope you can join myself and Perry for a busy show tomorrow from one, if not the podcast, available at four. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 